Thank you for tuning in to Hacks and Hobbies with your host, Junaid. In season two of Hacks and Hobbies, we're visited by our amazing guests coming from all walks of life who want to learn their story, their struggles, and their journey on how they got to where they are today. So stick around. Yeah, tell us about yourself and you know how you got started and... Um, well, yeah, yeah, again, so I'll, what I'll do is I'll, I'll, I'll go back to the point that you were saying about the fact that I've that, that been sort of multifaceted my whole career. Yeah. Um, and again, that stems from the fact that when I finished university and uh, you didn't really know what I wanted to do, just had a degree in psychology. There's really nothing you can do with a degree in psychology. Um, and so I took all of the universities tools and aptitude tests and you know what were my strengths and what were my interests yeah you know personality um, myers-briggs all that stuff um and it basically all whittled down as a suggestion for me to be either be a, go into marketing or be a priest and i was no priest <laughs> like i'm not gonna be so so you know so and then all of the articles that i was reading in terms of you know what jobs would be in demand what what careers would be in demand um, what type of employee would be um, uh, in most demand. One repeated theme that I saw was that the ideal employee of the future would be multifaceted. Mm. And I thought that was great because I didn't want to be stuck doing one thing my whole life anyways. Exactly. Now, what's funny is that throughout m the majority of my career, what I would say is that, you know, one is that people would look at my resumes and be like, okay, this is really cool. You've done some really interesting things but what the hell are you or who the hell are you? Uh, and people were very sort of confused by, you know, what I did. And it was difficult along the way to find jobs that allowed me to do that full breadth of, of activity and fulfill all of those interests. And, you know, I always was hit up too with the whole sort of jack of all trade, you know, master of none, right? But funnily enough, like, you know, all of a sudden, and especially now later on in my career, it's all coming together. And it's very funny. And even now to this day, in a way, it doesn't fit in because people will say, you know, niche down, niche down. And you know what, like, and I certainly, but now I kind of use that in terms of, okay, I can niche to different audiences for different particular verticals. But my niche is the fact that it's kind of 360, it's marketing at large. It's both sort of, um, you know, some experience and training and understanding of traditional marketing tactics and behaviors and, and, and training with a lot of modern strategies and techniques and, and, and uh, you know, social media in particular being a big game changer. So in a big nutshell, I've kind of found a way to kind of make 360 marketing sort of my thing. Um, and that is my niche. But I wouldn't be able to do that also if I didn't network out and work at, as a virtual agency model as I do and reach out to all kinds of other talented people working all over the world. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's, that's, so, that's so cool. Because like you mentioned, you know, people telling you, you got to niche down, niche down. I have the same problem. Like the more you talk, the more I see myself in you because I have... I mean, I started Hacks and Hobbies because I have 100 hobbies. And my buddies told me, you should have a podcast, so you should talk about these hobbies. And I was like, all right. 
So I'm talking about beekeeping. I'm talking about cycling. I'm talking about woodworking. I'm talking about videography, filmography, you name it, right? Web development, podcasting, all of these things. And then I, I keep thinking about niching down and I keep hearing this and I keep seeing people accelerating. It's like if you niche down, you can accelerate your growth and scale because you only have to worry about this amount of people on this specific topic. And I keep thinking about that and I'm like, you know, I'm sure there's a way for me to get to that point. But to get there, there has to be some kind of support system that I can use all of these different talents to come to that somehow. So it's still a work in progress. And I love that you made that work for yourself because you're focused on marketing, you focus on production and focusing on uh, these areas, but then also reaching out to the specific markets and like, hey, we can do this niche advertising marketing for you in turn, helping them, which then helps you in growing your company. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Well, you know, here's a big part of it too is was really kind of trying to narrow down and understand what are the things that that I find fulfilling that I really enjoy doing mm-hmm. um, and and then making sure that I was sort of outsourcing more of the stuff that was occupying my time that that maybe was an interest um, but that you know really wasn't the best use of my time yes you know it's it's funny because lately you know, I, there's a couple of big things that, that I've had, and I haven't really actually been announcing a lot of what, what is in the works um, for this year. But, mm-hmm. you know, at around this time now, we're sort of getting to the point where, where I can. One is, one is that, so I'll be um, speaking at the Global Digital Marketing Summit uh, mm-hmm. in Jamaica. Awesome. That is in um, April or May. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And um, also um, launching um, my own. Uh, um, training academy uh, with a partner, uh, Deborah L. Kerbel, who's a very good events uh, marketer um, located here in Toronto, and and so been really kind of wrapping my head around some some sort of, sort of trying to wrap my head around some big ideas specifically for the marketing community. But what's funny is this: is that I've come to the realization again that how much like how important mindset is, and I've spoken a lot a bit about it. About, on my show and I'm not at all somebody who's into any kind of a hokey um, you know I don't I don't personally necessarily meditate I'll sit and I'll make dedicate time to thinking I don't necessarily you know but I'm there's nothing you know I don't want to get any kind of like magical about it at all yeah but I have certainly learned and, and you know in part having that background in psychology has has taught me a couple of things one being and the importance of mindset and how much the way we think mm-hmm. has an impact uh, and is de- deterministic of our outcomes. Yeah. And that, you know, the, the, the just the power of visualization, mm-hmm. this is why like, it's, it, it doesn't really matter again, like I said, however you want, whatever's right for you, if you have a sort of a, want to take almost like a more spiritual direction to it and you do want to meditate, that's fine. That's totally fine for you you know, prayer or visualization or whatever it is that works for you is, is fine. But, mm-hmm. but without a doubt, the science behind it is that it works. Yeah. Right. And, 
you know, it's been funny too with, with my show, I've actually been bringing on guests like philosophers, for example, mm-hmm. um, whose aim it is to sort of serve as a Noah's Ark of ancient wisdom and civilization. And, and I've had a lot of chats with people about Stoic philosophers and, uh, and, and, you know, again, similar, similarly, you know, recognizing that, you know, if things aren't going well in your life or in your business, in your marketing efforts, whatever it is, mm-hmm. one is, is, you know, are you blaming other outside factors? Or are you taking responsibility for it yourself? Exactly. You know, are you, you know, um, you know, changing the things that you can, accepting the things that you can't, all of these things um, are, are major factors. And, and so here's one of the ultimate, the big sort of big picture conclusions, and this is sort of out there. And so it's funny to be on a show and, and then just sort of vent this kind of stuff out. But I've come to the conclusion that success boils down to the optimal integration of being, mm-hmm. whether that's your business or whether that's yourself. And some of this, you know, in a way stems from. Um, a quote from Gandhi who said that happiness is when what you say and what you think and what you do are in harmony. And I hear a lot of people also sort of talk about that, this idea too of like work life balance and how that's a sort of a ridiculous idea that it implies that you have to sort of take from one in order to give to the other, whether, you know, in terms of work life balance, whether that's your work, your life, your play, yourself, what, you know, all these things. Yeah. And, it's when you see them all in one sort of box, right? That a, a, as one thing and find harmony and, and, and there's consistency in everything that you do. And this applies to a business too. This applies to a brand, mm-hmm. right? Okay. If it is a fully integrated being, if what that business says is what it does, if it says, here's the problem that we solve mm-hmm. and they do it. Exactly then that that elite, that amounts to success that begets success that was a big rant but uh, no that's that's absolutely true because what what people don't realize is that sure it's easy to say compartmentalize right right compartmentalize you know your work is separate your life is separate your you know it's easy to say and we see we hear we hear about it in the movies and the TV shows, you know, you got to learn to compartment. I don't even know how to say compartmentalize. Exactly. You know, compartmentalize your life. Yes. Okay. It's impossible because it to be human is to be one with yourself. And if you if you can be one with yourself in all aspects of your life, then you succeed. Because I mean, you don't succeed initially, but at least you're. And the oneness, you have that self-awareness of, hey, this is what I can do, and this is what I cannot do. This is where I can bring people in to help me. This is what I can do and offer services to others. So I think it's very, what you, know, what you mentioned in, in all of this is really, really powerful stuff. Yeah, and it's not like, the thing what I would say to that, when you, if you, when you bring up that term, you know, compartmentalization, you know, is that I, I don't think that our brains are capable of not compartmentalizing things. It's how, it is in part like how our nature, and it's something that I, I've also sort of come to realize is whatever it is you do, like do not legislate, do not plan, do not uh, organize in any way against nature. Mm-hmm. 
And so it's for sure it's part of our brains. But again, what the, the message behind what, what I'm saying, what, you, what I think you're, you're touching on here too, is, is exactly when all, of the, when all of those things are in alignment, when they're in a harmony, when there is no disconnect, when there's no hypocrisy between them. Yeah. You are closer to success. And, you know, I mean, I, I feel like, you know, once yeah, at the level, once I start talking about these things, I feel um, a sense of obligation to approach it humbly and, and honestly and say, hey, by the way, you know, my shit stinks too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like I don't always follow my own advice. I don't, you know, and there are people who are smarter than I am and more experienced than I am and better educated than I am and more articulate than I am. Yeah. But you know that th- these these are the, and these are the things that certainly where my head has been at. Exactly. But it's been very funny how I've been finding recently too with posting content how you have to allow people to get you know to, you have to trust people to know what they need at the time and allow them to go through that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's very funny. Like I've been doing this this little campaign for fun in a way. It's just really this like be ballsy campaign with a bunch of posters and it's a quote with, with us from some historical figure. Mm-hmm. And one of them was of Muhammad Ali and, you know, somebody come up and, and said, you know, yeah, I, I, at one point I, when I was younger and kind of finding myself, I needed to be, to brag and, 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 and boast myself up and so on. And it's funny how once he's, you know, what he said, you know, it's like, I needed that for my confidence, my self-confidence at the time. And it really made me realize, you know what, exactly. Like sometimes, being a little older and, and seeing kids and let's say they, I see kids maybe sometimes I see kids and they, I see them almost, let's say looking up to someone like Gary B thinking, okay, if I swear, if I'm more like, so in your face. Yeah. And on one hand, I'm like, you know, Hey, you don't have to try so hard. You need to first focus in and maybe find yourself and not worry so much about the bravado. But you know, when I see a comment like that, then I say, no, that's right for that kid at that time. Mm-hmm. And and that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody, everybody has their own journey, and there's no need to compare yourself with somebody else because everybody is unique in their own thinking, in their own mind, in their own circumstances that they had to go through to be at that point. It's really yeah. And your point is 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 really good. I mean. To, to channel your competitive nature inwards and make yourself your own competitor is a very, again, also a very useful sort of mindset mm-hmm. tool that I, I, I would say that I, I use and it's important because, again, it's also, again, I think it's in our nature and there's no way of fighting against it that we yeah. for sure have, you know, what I would, what you call, let's say, like status monitors. Mm-hmm. You can't help but see what, you know, the other person has what they, you know, and, 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 and you're, you're constantly assessing your status. The question I think, I think with, you know, these days that people need to get their heads out of, of that ranking idea or, or just sort of accepting it and just say, well, whatever, like, even if you feel that you're sort of, okay, you know what, I feel like I'm a little low on this token. What are you going to do about it? Mm-hmm. Climb yourself up. Don't. There's no. It does no good to sort of begrudge, right? Somebody who who's who's further up on that totem pole. We have this weird kind of societal characterize caricaturization, you know, of you know these greedy, wealthy millionaires yeah. 
who are sucking all of us dry. Well, who are they? Right. I mean, it's, we know who they are. It's Bill Gates. It's Mark Zuckerberg. Um, right. It's, uh, right. So, so, and are these guys standing on a balcony with rifles shooting at poor people? No. Mm-hmm. Right. That's not how they're living their lives. And it's not how, in fact, you know, they're, they, they too are earnestly trying to do, I think in many cases, a lot of good in the world. Many of them. Yeah. There's always bad apples amongst the. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, you know, some of the points that you mentioned about it's so much easier to see what somebody else is doing. And that's why reflection is so important. Like when you wake up in the morning and you're, you know, washing your face, you're reflecting and you can fix your hair. But then when you're done, you know what you look like. So we need to have a mirror in front of us to see how you're doing. And so reflecting is important in that that you can see how, like, how somebody else's status is, you know, how many hearts you've got. Like, when I look at you, I see, you know, like, for example, if you, if you have some kind of uh, an augmented reality, you can see things that's, that you're doing. But I can't see that for myself unless I hold up a mirror to myself. So I think that's important. And when you mentioned about self, uh, you know, using yourself as the competing against yourself, that's exactly how Michael Jordan became who he is because he would compete against himself. He's like, I don't care what everybody else is doing. Steph Curry is the same story. He would get up at eight, you know, 6 a.m. in the morning and be out shooting hoops from the three-pointer line. And that's, what, that's all what he did. You know, people would be rolling in. So if you're not working hard, like super hard and like busting your chops, you know, it, then you you can compare all you want with somebody else, but then you don't know what they're doing to get to where they are. Yeah. And I mean, the thing is, is that for those people, and this is, you know, this is certainly the case for me, it's that when you say busting your chops, you know, in part it's because they're doing, what they're doing is very much aligned with what they love to do and are passionate exactly. about. So in a way, it's not work. Like that's the one thing about that quote, you know, going back to that quote from Gandhi is, is, you know, it, it's been a pet peeve and I brought this up on other shows, you know, how people treat happiness like it's some destination. It's not. Exactly. It's, it's, part, it's, 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 it's journey, it, right. And, and so, you know, I often say that the closest thing to it is, you know, it's that it's whatever it is that you do that you're passionate about and that you feel in flow when doing it, where the passage of time, it melts away and you don't even you don't even experience it then you're happy you're not sitting there with a big giant smile on your face you're immersed in what it is that you're doing mm-hmm. and again part of it is because actually again this is another sort of realization is that you know we as people are are meaning seeking above all else yeah we're not wealth seeking we're actually success seeking or status seeking necessarily as much as meaning seeking. Yeah. And this is the beautiful thing about what we do as communicators, by the way, you know, because I can't think of a living thing mm-hmm. that doesn't communicate, okay. right? Like a flower wants to communicate its availability mm-hmm. of pollen to a bee. Trees communicate their availability to, through, all, you know, in, in weird all kinds of 
ways. Even individual cells like amoebas organize themselves and vibrate and communicate. Yeah. What we do is we, are, we, we attempt to facilitate communication. Mm-hmm. If I get hired by a flower, my job is to make that flower look as appealing to all the bees as possible. Mm-hmm. That's what I do. Yeah. You know, and that's a beautiful thing because I think, again, I think, you know, that, that meaning, a lot of that does stem from the fact of, of our ability to communicate. Yeah. It's the connection with people that, that what we ultimately seek exactly. and, and, and playing a part in, in facilitating that and facilitating you know, the connection between solutions, you know, pro- people's problems and people's pain points and the solutions to those. Yeah. Um, I enjoy it. No, very, very, very awesome. And it's funny that you mentioned bees and, you know, being flowers being attracted to bees. So bees have a, they have an ultraviolet vision. <laughs> they can't see like the reds and whatnot. But what's funny is, when a flower is ready and ready to be pollinated or has pollen, it, it shows up as different color to bees, which attracts them. So when they go to them and when they've collected all of the pollen from them, they can move on and other bees won't go to it because they're like, hey, it's not that same color. Like it's, 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 it's I mean, this stuff is amazing. And what's even equally amazing or maybe even more amazing is the intercommunication between the bees themselves and, the, and, and their, their wiggle dance. Right and right, which conveys a huge amount of data, a huge amount of information. Ton of it, you know, by from this little tiny, incredible creature. So, it's at the core. There's something about that that is at the core of what we are and who we are. Exactly. Um, and and I like the fact that we're kind of tapping into that. Yeah. Well, um, so you said you have a speaking engagement coming up in Jamaica. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I would invite you to look for Angel Jones. I don't know if you've heard of him. But okay. Jones, E-N-G-E-L Jones. He's on a mission to get 1,001 podcast interviews done this year. Holy smokes. In 2017, he managed to do 846 episodes in 12 weeks. Then in 2018, he traveled all across the United States, every single state, and visit Canada's and basically all the people he had interviewed in 2017, he got to meet. So, yeah, he's, he's, he just, I just saw his Facebook post and he said that he has the certificate of acceptance to the 50 state club. Apparently there's a 50 state club that you become a part member of when you've traveled every single state oh, yeah. certain days. Like that. So, um, if you're interested, I mean, he's always looking for guests to come on to his podcast, and you know, your background in psychology and background in, in you know, talking to philosophers, I really love it because I'm, I love going deep into the mind also, and it's it's really cool. Like how there's how many similarities we have between each other than there are differences. Absolutely, man, and I think that's usually the case for most people. Mm-hmm. You know, if you if you if you take the time, but yeah, and and so so yeah, and so you're you're you know you you've been into video production, but it's interesting, right? Like again, like that's a mix because you also were saying earlier that you know come from um, a UX background, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, so all of this 
stuff is rel is very relevant today. You, you know, UX is very, very relevant again in the in the marketing landscape at large because of really its introduction of agile methodology mm -hmm. and design thinking. Mm -hmm. Which people don't talk as much about today. No. And my personal take is this: it's funny because you know, like again, coming from uh, from the industry for a while, uh, I would say the better part of my experience worked under what you know people call the waterfall mm -hmm. approach or bruff, you know, the the bottom up mm -hmm. priorities. But you know, and and and. But agile methodology really comes from software development. And the thing is, though, is this, is that this is the pace of the world now for everything, mm -hmm. right? And everything, so this iterative approach is very relevant. I would also say that, by the way, that there's always been an element of agile. There was always an element of agile within Waterfall mm -hmm. and, and, and agile slash um, design benefits yeah. from some of the structure of Waterfall. But it's 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 a concept that's really important for everybody to wrap their heads around, and this actually ties in. Actually, I'm really glad that this the conversation went here because this ties into what we were talking about in terms of again, what I would say is our silos. So we could say it's silos of the mind or silos of a business. Yeah, they have to be integrated. They have to be in harmony now. Absolutely. This is so. This is because this is the pace of the world now and this is the pace of business that everything can inform every other chain within in it and so everything has to become iterative it allows in, in in creating that structure for a company for a business it allows you to become more adaptive and to change course but this is all like all stems from you know we're still very much trapped in between the industrial age of thinking and and the information age of thinking Yes. In the information age, really, you have to sort of break down those those silos, the, mm -hmm. those categorizations, yeah. whether it's in your mind or whether it's in your business. Absolutely. And I think the internet has helped in many ways to break down those silos. Like, you got to know all of these things to be able to present yourself online, right? And, like, one of the main things that UX designers and focus on is you know user advocacy empathy understanding your users understanding your the people the humans that are using your products in the latest book uh by seth godin this is marketing he talks about empathy having the for the people you're marketing to people that you're promoting your products around and he's like you know it just turned out to be in such a way that marketing and advertising was were in the same bucket for the longest time but they're totally totally two different things when you're talking and talking passionate about something you're essentially marketing about that product but you're not selling it to somebody you're just expressing how you feel and what it makes you feel and i think a lot of the companies are realizing that and finding the empathy and and folks you know trying to get better at it and empathy is critical to communication, right? You, I mean, you can't, you, you, first of all, you don't, you, you really don't have any communication if you're not listening. Yes. Right. So, and, and listening, empathy is a component of listening. It's also, it's, it's not just 
hearing the words, the input, it's, it's internalizing it, it's personalizing it, it's right. And, and it's a skill and it, and, and it is absolutely, you're right, a, a critical skill in marketing and Seth, Seth Godin is, Seth Godin's a genius for sure. Yeah. So I was like, okay, when was it, when, when did he start blogging? And I looked him up, I think it was like, um, sometime June of 2002, one blog post and uh he talked and the the title was boring and he's like um he was stuck in stuck in some city and he went to the market and he's like all the markets were so boring it's like after you've after you've shopped online be shopping you know shop at a store because you can't search as fast as you can when you're shopping online and it's it's really funny it's really interesting but okay so We've had some really awesome conversation um, about marketing. Communication is super, super important and having the empathy to understand and listen, the philosophy, the psychology of it all. And, you know, when you mentioned that, you know, when you did your bachelor's in psychology and you're like, what am I going to do with having a psychology degree? Well, you can see exactly where it led you because psychology, anything. Yeah. Right? You know, it's funny, and I'll bring it back to one thing with that, too, because this is funny that I've been thinking a lot about, too. One of the people that I'm I'm a big fan of is uh, in in the realm of psychology is Carl Jung. And he's the guy who who came up. There's two things that I find that I that I find myself constantly coming back to. to One is one is him. This quote of him saying that people don't have ideas. Ideas have people. And this is, I, I think a lot about that because of the, uh, just in the context of the, the difficulty and the challenge to genuinely have an original idea. And again, in terms of like, this is why often I find myself, it's it for that reason that I didn't try so hard to have original ideas now. I, I decided to focus on what are the things that I want to remind people about or not forget about. Some of that are, are again, some old, yeah. let's say, branding principles some understanding of how, where, where we came from in terms of marketing. Some of it, again, goes back to traditional education philosophies, Greek, you know, philosophies, et cetera, um, that I think are worth preserving. Um, but the other thing that, that Carl Jung is very well known for, again, is his concept of the zeitgeist, right? This, this sort of universal yes. consciousness. And, and what I find very interesting is, again, how nature is kind of, replicates itself or is there's a, there's a certain um sort of fractal quality to the universe itself right like you can you can zoom in at various layers and still see common patterns and how things connect and how people connect is very similar as 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 is let's say mm-hmm. a bacterial growth you know not to be cynical about like but yeah. you know about humans but 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 we do the same thing. So when you brought up again the internet and then you bring up psychology, this is what sometimes I think this is what we're doing. We're rebuilding the zeitgeist digitally. And it's in its infancy. And so what you see, part of it means that actually you see what you see is is that sort of almost the infancy of our behavior, well, the infancy of ourselves. That's all of the like the the, the crap that you see uh, sometimes on Twitter or you know the way that people behave. 
but I do believe that there are enough people having conversations like these that are at least that there's enough of that sort of zeitgeist influence steering it towards what it is. What I think that's what we're doing. Whether we're and I don't know that we're necessarily conscious of it. I don't think we are. No, but that's you're, what you're I absolutely right. And um, if you saw the interview Elon Musk with Joe Rogan, and they talk about you know AI and talk mm. about how. Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, Snapchat. They are the big beings that, that are collecting and learning, you know, doing the data modeling from our behavior. Like we are essentially teaching the computer how we behave and, and you know, learn from that. Pretty interesting. All right. So we've got some questions towards this point in the, in the conversation. What is one hobby that you wish you got into? Oh, wow. Ooh, that's a good one. You know, I've done a lot in music and I, so I guess I, so I could say I've done it all. I mean, I wish that I certainly, you know, would have loved to have gotten in, like learned piano officially. A lot of the stuff that I did, I taught myself. I didn't teach guitar. I taught myself guitar when I was in university. Um, I kind of taught myself drums starting in high school. So I played a lot of instruments, but I certainly would have loved to have started early. You know, at the end of the day, yeah, I think maybe, mm-hmm. maybe painting or something. I mean, the funny thing is, is for sure, you know, there's, there's several things that I could say that I am. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a, I'm a web developer, maybe. I'm a, I'm a copywriter, all of, all of these things. But yeah, a lot of it boils down to being honest. And, and uh, what's funny is that programmers make the best artists because the way they use Absolutely. And, and programming in itself is an art because not every developer will write the same number of lines of sentences to come to the same it's pretty powerful right oh yeah no it is an art it is a way of thinking a great way that hey you know working with and i've worked with a lot of developers and one of them had this very great way of putting it and what i should preface this with is that he was a very hard worker he would he would you know burn the night oil until that program worked the way according to stack. But he would say, you know, you know, programmers are fundamentally lazy. And what he really means by that isn't that they're lazy, want to sit around, you know, on their couches eating Cheetos all the time. It's just that they love identifying a repeated task and then finding a solution that now eliminates the need to continually repeat that task and waste their time doing it. And it's, and it's a beautiful way of thinking. All right, next question. What is your favorite movie or TV show? If none, how about a book? Oh, man, I'll, I'll, answer, I'll answer for all of those. I, I often, often, my number one answer for a movie of all time is Harold and Maude. It's a, it's a movie from the 70s, I think maybe like 71 or something like that. Sort of a dark humor. It's all Cat Stevens music. Uh, it's just there's something very funny and very touching about it that I've always enjoyed very much. Uh, I would also add, like, when it comes to movies, by the way, like Quest for Fire is also one, for some reason, I always come back to as being, like, brilliant. Like, well, the, and I love all the Bournes, <laughs> stuff like For TV shows, you know what, I don't, I honestly don't watch that much TV these days. Certainly, like, growing up, one of my all-time favorites was WKRP in Cincinnati. Again, that's, like, I suppose that one was the 80s or something like that, you know. But just an incredible, like, sort of variety for the cast and hilarious. Um, and some good music, uh, you know, too. You'll notice some, some common, 
musical interests uh, between you know the stuff I put on my show and books. I will say probably the one that I always like still stands the test of time is Man's Search for Meaning oh, yeah. uh, by Viktor Frankl. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that book? Yeah, right. So exactly, and it's a very short, quick, easy read. Half of it is about his experience uh, as a prisoner of a concentration camp. And what he witnessed in his experiences of that, and again, it's a very like just incredible insight into mm-hmm. human nature. Uh, and then the latter half being, you know, about uh, his theory of logotherapy, which I find a very sort of practical grounding and basis for a lot of, I guess, the mindset mm-hmm. stuff that works for me. Very cool, man. All right, two more questions. What is your favorite superhero? Oh, jeez. Ah, oh, you know, that's a, that's a really tough one. You know, I never, I didn't, I wasn't much of a, like a comic book kid, by the way, you know, I know my, my brother was into Thor a lot and there certainly was something very cool about Thor and the mythology sort of behind him and, and, and you know, just his hammer and all this stuff. Like there was something pretty damn cool about him. And Superman is always a fascinating one. And it's actually, you know what, like it's fascinating yes. from a marketing perspective in a way, right? Because I don't know how well you know the history of Superman, but he originally had a number of limitations. Mm-hmm. He could just jump over buildings mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. But then his powers expanded and expanded and expanded to the point where he was essentially like completely omnipotent. Like there's nothing, he, he, you couldn't harm him. And the second that he had no limitations, yes. he became bored. kryptonite. There's something instructive about humans in that, right? That we decide, you know, like we can always make, I definitely believe yeah. we can make the world a better place, but if you, if it, but having this expectation or this of, of a, a utopia is almost unhealthy in the sense that it's not even what we want. So much fun, right? <laughs> oh, it goes with the territory. Yeah. Like I said, I've been there. I've, I'm, I've been very lucky today. That, uh, Awesome. Case have been pretty uh, good. Last question. If you were a board game, Shoot. what would it be? Oh, I mean, I'd have to choose chess. I mean, it's, it's yeah. a very multi-layered, complex game like, yeah. <laughs> like, like anybody is. Totally. Perfect, man. So where can my audience find you? Where can they go? Oh, okay. Yeah. So for sure, you know, if you, if they want to hear uh, or watch uh, the YouTube videos, B-I-Y-F dot marketing is our website. And again, that stands for balls in your face mm-hmm. uh, dot marketing. My business website is jdnevins.ca. That's J-D-N-E-V-I-N-S dot C-A. And I am julian.space. I haven't really played, touched, or done anything on that page for a long time, mind you. Certainly, I'm on LinkedIn and around on Facebook and so forth. So, uh, yeah, please tune in, subscribe. We've got uh, season two coming up of BIYF, some really good guests lined up for that. We had an amazing uh, lineup of guests uh, last year in 2018. Uh, so, I'm really stoked for that as well. Oh, man, thank you so much for your time. This is awesome. We learned so much cool things from from you and uh, definitely keep in touch, you know, learn more of uh, how your automation is working to create, you know, bring your YouTube to your podcast and um, back and forth. I figured out some things where I published my podcast and then it, then there's a service that will create a video of the podcast audio. 
but then it's not the same as the interaction of video that you does it create yeah, good so skins I, for I it so that you can... selection of skins and i was like i'm going to customize mine so i created a custom skin for it and then yeah great so this great. Is what's that app that i uh, you can I can send you the link to yeah, it. Cool. But yeah, there's there's a lot of cool things. Um, yeah. I'm experimenting. Like a thought just popped in my head. Like I'm asking these same four questions from all of my audience. I can make a short video of that question and then post yeah. it up and see what that. Oh, absolutely. This you know you can you can break these up into many 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 videos if you exactly. want. You can recycle them. You know, um, there's nothing wrong with that, with any of that, you know, cool. uh, so I'd love to, yeah. Like if you throw it up online, if there's a, access to it, I, I would love to take, I, I'm sure I could find something Absolutely. You know, to, to use and play with. Thanks so much. Cool. Thanks so much for having me. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Congratulations, you made it to the end of the episode. Thanks so much for listening to our guest on this episode. Please send me an email at junaid at hexandhobbies.com to tell me what you loved about our guest today. You could find links mentioned in this episode on the hacksandhobbies.com website. 